And you'll notice that uh, I have the verses called out that we're going to cover, 5 through 12, uh, 7 through 12 in uh, James. And I entitled this one, Abusing to Using the System. Last week we talked about how the rich abuse this system, this global system of moving food from the fields to your uh, table. Without the food, we don't live. So all along the way, uh, it can be taken advantage of. And we have uh, Farmer Fred now, our pastor, who's just getting into farming. There's an object lesson. In I won't spend a lot of time on it, but he's uh, learning a lot. Uh, so, abusing to using the system, making man's name hallowed to making God's name hallowed. And it's all in the family. Now, I highlighted each verse that James is talking about that we're going to study. Uh, I'm calling out all the times he referred to brothers and sisters. I put it on the in, uh, bulletin insert as just B and S. B and S. And then the word patiently. So when the scripture writers keep repeating something, it's an indication that it's very important. So I just call that out to you. And getting out of the system by moving Jesus, which the Gospel writer Matthew sort of painted a picture as the New Testament Moses, he's calling us off this uh, train that uh, the human train where we're pursuing material to a new train. His train that leads to everlasting life. And we're going to do that by going from this book, we're laying this aside, and we're going to go to his book, his means. And right away in the third chapter, we have the Christ, Jesus, the Christ, introduced where the Christ is introduced as the seed of the woman that uh, is going to crush the head of the serpent and the serpent is going to wound his heel. That struggle. And the uh, in moving into the New Testament, we're going to uh, Consider God, Jesus' teaching. Seek first the kingdom of God. So this book here advocates, seek first the kingdom of man. And this book uh, encourages us to seek the kingdom of God. All of us brothers and sisters in this uh, uh, church, 
church, uh, carry with us an element of faith. All of us are at different faith levels. And we're all in the system. We all go to work, we got our job, we got our specialties, we uh, exercise the gifts that God has given us, uh, and the system rewards us. But what's different about us is that we got a life that the devil's system encouraging us to seek material goods uh, seeks to uh, put this life under a bushel. We remember the uh, nursery rhyme. Oops, uh, do I hear six singing? Uh, my my uh, singing was so far off key last Sunday that uh, uh, I got some Put that aside. Put it under a basket? No. We're going to let our light shine. And so, uh, when we move from the uh, the world's system where we talk about uh, how great we are, how great our cars are, our, our homes, our bodies, our clothes, the focus of our attention is on that. We move from that uh, which goes ultimately nowhere uh, to this awareness uh, of um, we're in the system, but we're in the system to let our light shine so that we can be a witness to others. Now, Fred uh, talked about uh, worship in church and encouraging each other uh, by the way we worship, but we spend a lot more time out there. We've got an hour here, but we got the whole rest of the week out there. And last week in the bulletin, uh, uh, I had two things. Uh, one was a ticket to King's Table, printed in it, and then a little red sticker. And as much as I want to think that, well, I'm not a witness out there, I took my little sticker that was supposed to remind me of the blood of Jesus, and I stuck it on on the uh, uh, doorpost going into my house, our house together. And when I took my thumb off it and I looked down the door and I was feeling good and uh, I looked at a brass label that said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. I asked myself, well, where did that come from? I've been going in and out this door for 20 years and now I'm just looking at that. <clears throat> So am I going to let the little red dot up there just turn into something I just walk by every day? Hmm. Oh, by golly, that's exactly what it is. I walked by it all week. I never looked at it once. I was going to hand out that ticket to a favorite neighbor that got a huge bunch of beautiful little kids. I never did that. So the world comes crushing in on us. We leave here feeling good, and uh, rightfully so. But to be able to maintain that glow in the workplace is the challenge. Maintain that faith and that exuberance for the Lord uh, at our workstation, where we're shopping, wherever we're going, uh, uh, going in our life. So, 
to, uh, to encourage that then, we've got uh, uh, our brother James uh, talking about being patient. I think my Bible labeled this section uh, patience during suffering. One of the words then that stands out almost every time in the readings is, and I'll start with verse 7, be patient then brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the lamb to yield its valuable crop patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. The definition for patience I have as a on, on the insert calmly enduring discomfort without complaint. It's about our cars, our, our material, uh, and we get on the Lord's train and we start talking about souls, the glory of God, the feel likely a little discomfort, at least at first, and filled with a lot of questions about how actually do I do this. Now he says, see how the farmer waits. Well, I was a farmer. Our pastor Fred, bless his heart, took up farming this, this year. Growing, starting his plants and the lights and adjusting, lifting, trimming. They froze. He had to start over again. I didn't hear him complaining about it, so I just used it as an example here of patience. Okay, I lost my crop. I'm just going to start over again. Praise the Lord. I learned some things. We too invest ourselves, our energy, our money, like a farmer invests in his fields and he's hoping for uh, a return. Uh, King's table is an investment we make. We take the Sunday afternoon in order to stay aside and we invest that in, to bring uh, honor and glory our Father. We do it with smiles and happiness and joy, but we know there's a purpose behind this. Verse 8, you too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord is coming near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or we'll be judged. When we grumble, we, we're, we're dimming the light of the person that is part of the team. We should uh, be very slow to speak because in the heart of all of our brothers and sisters in here, God is working, no matter whether we see it or not. So if we give people the benefit of the doubt and praise them for the good that they're doing, 
put aside the, the, the discontent or the unhappiness for an appropriate time if it ever needs to be brought up. So, if there's a complaint rising up, I encourage everybody to quiet it down. So, we plant seeds like the farmer, and our seeds can be our active actions. Our prayers, the power of our prayers. And, and what are we trying to grow? What is the, uh, our crop? The crop is our hope, our faith in God. Uh, in the work of Jesus on the cross. And it is a valuable crop. But I tried to figure out patience. Why would a person be patient? And it wasn't until I looked at Hebrews 11, uh, the faith chapter, and I saw all those people that had faith, that were listed as the faith heroes, they had problems. And so, looking at my own life, when I do have patience, it's really the fact that I have faith, like the song we were singing, uh, I am a child of God. What can possibly happen to me? So, our patience is really a product of our faith, our identity that we get from calling God our Father, claiming that truth to be who we are. Verse 10, brothers and sisters, again, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. I go to Hebrews 11 again, the faith heroes, they all had problems. And what made them special was, despite their problems, uh, they maintained their faith. They maintained their identity in the Lord. Now, like they had challenges, we do. We do have challenges. In the workplace, when we uh, feel as though we're being oppressed because of our beliefs. And the stronger relationship that we have with our Father, the less threatened we feel. We have more of a sense of compassion for people. They don't know what they're talking about. And just as an example, uh, I've got this little pocket protector that being uh, about, oh my goodness, about 60 years ago, I went in, into the, an engineering department. I was invited to join him. And I had just recommitted myself to Jesus, to the work of the Lord. So in those days, we used pencils. I know they're obsolete now with the smartphones and everything. Uh, so I made this pocket protector. It says, Jesus saved me. And I worked in a factory of about 200 people. So I put this in my pocket to protect my pocket. And wherever I walked around the factory, 
He can save me. And uh, dying on the cross for my sins makes me feel real glad. So this is my glad pack. <laughs> so uh, all around the back of me, hey, you got a glad pack on? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm starting a Bible study. You can join too if you want. Well, the, the department that I was working at uh, before I was invited to the, uh, join the engineering department, the uh, man in charge of that department was jealous. And uh, he would, when I'd come into his area with my glad pack, uh, he'd say, what's the color of who? And they'd all holler, brown! Now, that would not taste good. I would not have any facial expression changes. And I'd go about my business. This went on for several months. And uh, a recession was coming, and there was a big layoff coming. And the man, the lead man for that department, uh, said, well, Henry, I suppose I'm going to get laid off. I said, well, why would you think that? He said, well, you're in the front office here bad enough for me because I've been bad enough for you. I said, no, as a matter of fact, I've never said anything about that. Uh, and he said, well, what, are you going to put in a word for me? What do you think? I said, well, the first thing I think of is I feel sorry for your wife and kids that you would say, that kind of behavior to your dinner table. But then, sure you do. And instead of doing some study courses at home to protect your job and demonstrate to your kids that life is a, uh, learning is a lifelong uh, choice for us to con continuously uh, improve ourselves, you're demonstrating the reverse. He didn't say anything. He shook his head and walked away. And the next time I walked into his department, silence. And one person, apparently wasn't at the meeting, was the color of poop. And everybody looked at him. Whoa. So he said, I really, the lead man said, I really appreciate your glad pack. Now he didn't join the Bible study, but I just use this as one example of how we, with an identity of a child of God, does, does not have to be affected by the material world. We can say in a thousand different ways, I belong to God. God loves me, cares for me, knows me, protects me, can, like I say, we, we have no need for fear. And as I'm speaking, I'm sure some of you in the workplace, I, I like Joey's uh, story about, uh, what is it, a tattoo, that when you serve at the window, they see it. Yeah, bringing glory to God in the workplace, in the system. And when you're in the break room talking, uh, you can steer the conversation for uh, your car into a means of taking kids to Sunday school or however, a million different ways. 
Do not swear, referring to oaths, not by heaven or earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Now I ask you, why would James throw that in there? What has taken oaths got anything to do with what we just talked about, being a witness out in
preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. And we can let our light shine in a way that the world notices it. One more thing. I have my little license plate frame that's broken. And it says, for all people in the parking lot to enjoy, live better, work for Jesus.